Hi, welcome everybody. So today I have with me Emma and Stephanie Potter, and they are here to talk about Rob's Kids, which is a nonprofit that they started. Uh, your sister was also, Emma, was she involved in yeah, starting it as well? Yeah, Okay, so co-founder of that as well. All right, so welcome. Thank you. We're glad to be here. I am so glad to have you here with us. So tell us a little bit of why you're here today and um, about Rob's Kids. Well, we started Rob's Kids when Rob, my son-in-law, MSD, had died by suicide in 2008. And after we had gone through several stages of our journey, we wanted to reach out to other people to help them overcome some of the obstacles to be able to help the kids that needed the help uh, by supporting mental health care professionals and also we wanted to be able to raise awareness about suicide prevention. Awesome. Very cool. Anything you want to add to that? Sounds perfect. <laughs> okay. <laughs> awesome. All right. So how old were you when, when your dad died by suicide? I was seven. My yeah. sister was ten. Okay. Mm -hmm. And when did you start this um, this nonprofit. When when did it come into being? We started in January of 2012. January of 2012. Okay. Mm -hmm. And how did it come about? What did you did you decide it was something that was needed? Did you girls decide that you wanted to be involved? My sister definitely decided after her journey through everything. She she wanted to help other people like her, and she decided that she was going to call Rob's kids after our dad and. Um, she just wanted to help others, and this was her idea for this. And she asked Grandma because Grandma had a car. Okay, <laughs> and that's what I tell everybody. She brought me along because I had the automobile. Yep. Right. <laughs> well, that's good. That's awesome. All right. Um, so, if you could reach as many people in the world with your message, who would you want your audience to be? Who do you, Who do you want to know about this this mission of yours? Well, for me, it's, there's several layers to it. First of all, I would like to be able to raise awareness of suicide prevention, mental health, primarily. There are lot, there's lots of education out there, and one of the things that we learned, Sam had become um, ill and had thoughts of suicide two and a half years after her dad died. And when that happened, she was, she was 12 years old and going on 13, so she was doing all the normal, typical things that teenagers do. So for us, trying to help parents and uh, the adult in charge understand how to see beyond what seems to be normal and recognize things that are risk factors for kids that are starting to suffer and starting to have some uh, depression, that type of thing. So, so that would be my first goal is to be able to reach the adults that are around the kids that are in this situation. Okay. And adults alike, you know, everybody right. has a... a a problem sometimes with a little depression and, and moods. The second part of it is to reach the people that have actually gone through this already to let them know that there is life beyond. Because our family has gotten together and we really strive to reach out to those people that have um, actually gone through it and let them know that you're going to feel good again. You are going to be able to move forward. You are never going to forget your loved one. You, but you cannot live in the bubble of what if. 
Right. You have to move forward and you have to find something positive to do. For us, positive was Rob's kids. Right. And we do lots of fun things with Rob's kids and we do lots of fun fundraisers and we collect Christmas gifts for the kids in the hospital. So we do lots of fun things. I love watching and seeing on your on your page on social media the the walk a fun. Yes. You have a walk a fun once a year. Mm-hmm. And it's what is what is that called? It's Cincinnati Walks for Kids, and okay. we as a team walk for them, and we have been able to do lots of really big things for them. We built a bike path. We also built playground. a new playground, um, and I think all in all, we've donated close to seventy thousand wow. dollars since we started walking for them in two thousand eleven. How beautiful! That's awesome. And what is that? If people want to find. Um, become involved in that. It's Cincinnati, what was it again? Cincinnati Walks for Kids. Walks for Kids. And it's something that Cincinnati Children's Hospital does. Okay. And we have a team, it's called Rob's Kids, Mm -hmm. and if someone wanted to join uh, the walk with us, it's uh, it's the last, usually the last Saturday in September at Coney Island. Okay. We don't have a date yet, so we'll have to, uh, they can get on our website and take a look. Awesome. And what is the website? robskids.org all right so a dot org mm-hmm. awesome yeah. <laughs> okay very cool and you've done i well, i was trying to see so the yeah, the collection of gifts was really cool like you had tables and tables full yeah. of donations mm-hmm. and that was really cool to see yeah and then do you, you do you just donate those then to children's oh yeah we pack them all up in bags and each bag has i mean 80 dollars in it for each kid and they're they're all for each age group, boys and girls. Okay. Yeah, it's amazing. This year we did 180. We normally do 150 and they asked us for 30 more this year. Mm-hmm. So it's broken wow. down from ages 2 to 18, boys and girls, and they're just a specific number. Like the older boys, there were 45 bags that were designated for okay. them and 40 bags for the girls. And and each bag gets a fleece blanket, they get a board game, they get an appropriate book, mm-hmm. something that's age appropriate right. for them. Um, we, they have some little fillers. It's, and we collect a lot of really, really good stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, over the last couple of years, our estimated donation value was in the twelve to $13,000 each wow. time that we donate. Wow. Because they get a bag full. Big oh, sure. Bags, yes. So. And is it, um, is it specifically children in the mental health part of Children's Hospital then? It is for the Division of Psychiatry. Okay, so the Division of Psychiatry. And we collect um, all the entire month of of October and November, and then we have a team of people usually come about the first weekend of December. We pack them. We fill my daughter's van, and I have an SUV. We fill them up with the bags, and then we go over as a group on a Monday or Tuesday, and we deliver all of them to the hospital. We have the opportunity to see the children, but the the uh, caregivers are just phenomenal. Mm-hmm. The child life caregivers, and the doctors, and a lot of the administration, they all know us because we've been doing this for so many years. So it's like old home week when you get over and you can visit with everybody. Yeah, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. Well, I thank you for doing that. I mean, what a beautiful gift to give back. And um, yes, again, we had talked a little bit before we started recording how we can take the things that happen to us in our lives and make something beautiful out of it and gift it back um, to help others. So very, very cool. Well, thank you. Mm-hmm. So we know why this important is, or, or this subject is, is so very important to you. Do you want to talk about your dad at all and 
what went down or or not <laughs> we can um i mean growing up i was like a normal kid i had an older sister and i had a mom and a dad and um i had a great childhood um it was amazing i, I remember my dad i definitely do and um you know sometimes life just happens and um, unfortunately my dad was at a point in his life where he was getting depressed and um, he'd lost his job and um, you know things get blurry sometimes in life and um, it was March when he um, committed suicide it was before my sister's 10th birthday and um, it did seem like life stopped um, especially for Sam and uh, she kind of happened to spiral into her own depression after that and um, the rest of us we kind of had to keep living you know we were back in school after a week and um, we were expected to live another like a normal life like everyone else and um, yeah we we all kind of we had to move on and unfortunately we kind of left Sam behind in the dust and um, but we, we didn't know that. Though. We didn't know. Right. And she was 10 at the time. We, it was on the day that we were given her 10th birthday. Yeah. Okay. When he died, which was March 30th, and her birthday is April 2nd. Mm -hmm. And the girls went and did therapy oh, yeah. for about two art years. Therapy, yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. So about two years they went, and they went to art therapy. You enjoyed that? Yeah. Painting and puzzles. And amazing the things that they could tell through that mm -hmm. right I was going to say that a lot of times children can express through art mm -hmm. so much more than through words yeah and Sam and I right. are both musical and so okay we always you know, had our instruments and things <laughs> yeah that's very neat was that through um, hospice okay through hospice yeah. okay there's another fern side mm -hmm. um, it's like a grieving yeah, they're Places. a great facility. It was yes. uh, Hospice of the Blue Cross offered this for us, and I'm sure they offered it for everybody at the time, but um, that was local to us because mm. we're Kentucky folks. Okay. <laughs> so it was local for us, and it made it much right. easier for us to be able oh, to sure. transport and manage right. jobs and everything that we needed to do because okay. they were little. Um, Rob, Rob was, uh, Rob never saw a stranger. He never, he never met a stranger. There was, he... The day that we had his funeral, he actually had worked for um, Interstate Brands, which was is a bread company, and he was a delivery dr driver for them. And then after that, he moved to Bob Evans and was a delivery driver for them, and had a real solid, sound, secure jobs. But he was in and out of all of the major chain grocery stores like Kroger and places like that. And he apps he had like tons of friends so many people right. and he was such a lovable young man and the day that we had his funeral it was a remarkable I'm sorry I didn't take a picture of it now but every single solitary company that he would have run into being in the grocery stores all the other bread companies all the other frozen food delivers and their trucks were all in the parking lot at the church that day wow. paying their last respects to Rob so he was a very very loved young man okay and he just and depression is such a it, it is one of those because I've certainly experienced it um, it's one of those it's hard to see when somebody's putting on a smiling face and a happy not and not communicating what's going on inside um, which is why when you start to see these signs mm -hmm. I mean, it's just so important um, so what do you what are the recommendations then um, 
you know, for signs to watch and and for people to look out for. Um, well, any change in behavior, I am not an expert. I am not clinically trained, and I'm not an right. expert. Nor but, am I. But mm -hmm. any right. any change in behavior. So if someone is happy-go-lucky all the time, all of a sudden is not happy-go-lucky, that's a dramatic change in behavior. If it, if they if there's something that they like in particular, if they like sports or they like going out and golfing or something like that, and then all of a sudden they're starting to lose interest in things that meant a lot to them, that's definitely a change in behavior. And it's definitely worth having a conversation, trying to find out what's going on. Right. Uh, sleeping more, even sleeping less, can be signs of depression. Um, and I'm sure there are a lot more mm -hmm. yes. out there. Right, absolutely, absolutely. I took my readers off, I gotta put them back on. So. Any myths or facts that you would like to clarify for listeners? That's always a tough one. Yeah. I think that one of the biggest myths, especially when we're, if we're talking about suicide in particular, is people are afraid to ask the question, are you thinking about suicide? And I think they're afraid to ask the question because they're afraid they're going to plant that seed. Mm -hmm. And that's absolutely a myth. Mm -hmm. If people are thinking about suicide, they're already thinking about suicide. And not asking the question is one of the... It's definitely worse than... It's definitely worse yes. than, asking definitely. than asking. Yeah. Being prepared, if they answer the question yes, being prepared to stay with them or to find help for them immediately and not leave them alone. But... I think that's a big myth. People think that if they ask the question, they're going to plant the seed. Right. Right. Give them an idea. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I can see that. And I mean, I've never thought about that that way before, but why people would think that, oh, well, I'm not going to ask because then they might. Yeah. Well, then they'll say, oh. Mm-hmm. And hurt. they also, a lot of people think, too, that they're going to hurt their feelings. You know, if I ask them if they're thinking about suicide, they're afraid that they're insinuating that these people are not mentally capable or mentally together. Right. And it could offense. be, it they would take offense to it. Yeah. I, well, I know. I mean, I had teenage boys who are <laughs> now in their 20s, but, you know, when there's a breakup and the heartache is happening and um, knowing teenagers and hormones and... Um, I would I would ask you know or you don't have any plans on hurting yourself just because I wanted to make sure that they were well the one that they knew that I I mean I was there and I'm here to help you mm -hmm. if you're hurting that much mm -hmm. because um, you will get through this and we're here and we're, we'll help you in any way we can so mm -hmm. yeah okay well thank you for that Support and resources that you utilized, and you talked about your art therapy. Hospice, yeah. Yes. Um, um, any other support? How yeah. How about your friends? How did you did you did your friends come in as a support? Well, I was still very young. I was in first grade, and um, definitely, I I had a lot of friends that um, stuck with me, and I still have those friends to this day. Um, my good friend Olivia Manderscheid. Oh wow. Um, <laughs> Funny story. Um, wow. <laughs> sorry. No, you're fine. You're um, fine. She was my best friend. And um, 
She was my best friend all through elementary school, and she was really the person who helped me. And um, her father actually was friends with mine. His name was John, and um, he was an amazing man. And he did, he acted like a father towards me. And um, it was very unfortunate, but in fifth grade, her father, John, he actually did take his life as well. And um, I definitely think God put us in each other's lives for a reason. And she's still very much a part of your life. Mm -hmm. She lives in Tennessee now, but. <laughs> but yeah, we still text and. Facebook. Uh, yeah, we still keep in contact, and it's amazing to have somebody that understands. Right. And there's just, a, yes, a very powerful soul connection. Yeah. I'm sure. Well, I'm very sorry that that happened to her as well, but glad that God put you Definitely. in each other's paths mm -hmm. to understand. And it is amazing when you have somebody who gets it. Mm -hmm. who understands what it is you've been through and how there is that connection. I definitely do, do think it helped her, me being there and her being with me. And, um, you know, it's a connection that will never go away. Right, right. My mom always talks about root friends, like a tree, and your, your roots are where you're always going to have them. And, um, I mean, some of those girls in first grade, my friend Caitlin, uh, I'll always have them. Right. And, um, you know... People know my story, and they, they know what I've been through, and I definitely think it brought us a lot closer, and them supporting me. Very cool. It's very ad admirable. <laughs> yes, very much so. I'm going to go get you a tissue. Oh, it's okay. I'm good. Oh, I have tissues. Oh, of course she does. <laughs> of course I do. I'm a cramble. you kidding? There, sweet girl. All right, hi, we're back. We have a tissue now. We're good. Uh, where are we? Okay. So suggestions for our listeners to do to help them overcome um, struggles with if they have had someone who perhaps has died by suicide um, or if even if they maybe leaning that way themselves um, or struggling with it. Any thoughts on what people can do? Well, I definitely would say talk about it. A lot of us hold a lot of things in and we don't talk about it and that eats you up alive. And um, seeking help isn't bad. Admitting that you need help isn't bad. And um, seeking that and getting help is probably one of the best things you could do for yourself or someone else. They might not like you at that moment that you're getting them help, but in the long run, it's for the best. Absolutely. I have to agree, you know, even uh, um, becoming more educated so you can, so that you can focus and know whether or not the person that you're speaking with is at risk will definitely help you know if you are having a difficult time as well. And I think everybody at some point in their life has a bout of depression or, or feels unworthy in some way. They, there's a, some kind of a feeling that is not necessarily something that makes them feel good. And recognizing how far it's going to go, um, being educated to know how not to let it go any further. I think is one of the most important things. And there are there's lots and lots of information out there. Um, there are classes that can be taken. 
the um, as far as working with the youth or working with adults QPR which is question persuade refer is a suicide prevention training and there are a lot of us trainers out there that give classes free for people um, youth mental health first aid is one that was put together by the National Council of Behavioral Health there are lots of those classes that are available uh, mental health America does them I do them and they're all free of charge that's wonderful part. yes I went through the QPR when um, when I was a child focus mm -hmm. um, great program it is yes. a great program and they can be sculpted to any age group too so if there's a group of young people that need to be educated that can be done as well as the older adults okay wonderful yes and I think again I think we had talked off-air but um, having kids peers help and be cognizant of and aware of signs with their classmates, with peers. Um, you know, this terrible tragedy that happened in Florida um, and being able to recognize, especially on social media, um, when a kid is struggling and, and not being afraid, mm -hmm. like you said, to say something, to tell an adult, um, to come forward and say, hey, this, what do I do with this? You know, I see this, what's happening, I, I don't know what to do with it, it's scaring me. Well, um, being able to recognize those things would help kids that are struggling from falling through the cracks. Um, kids, kids and people in general who lash out or show any kind of behavior that's destructive, at some point in their life has experienced some type of trauma. And if they if someone around them can recognize that and get them the help early on, it can prevent a lot of tragedies like some of those that have happened recently. Absolutely, which is why a part of, well, a huge underlying part of my book is the, um, the trauma-informed care. And being aware, as we become more aware as a society, as businesses, as, as um, caregivers, to be aware of the trauma that's happened in people's lives and then how to respond um, lovingly and in appropriate manners to this to their history mm -hmm. I mean just honor that history well I am part of the tri-state trauma network and one of the things that they do or they teach is they teach people to to look at those individuals that could be lashing out and instead of saying what's wrong with you they teach you to say what happened what to happened you. What happened to you, yes. So there's lots of organizations that are out there that can shed a lot of light on, on most of the situations that we see every day. Right. I just posted something just, you know, right, like 10 minutes before you, you showed up, um, that I had contacted Centers for Disease Control on ACEs, which is the Adverse Childhood Experiences, um, and they actually responded back to me, which was wonderful with a whole, a huge email full of resources um, and people that I could contact for more information. And I clicked on the first link that was in the email and it was exactly on what you just talked about, um, which is wonderful and I can't wait to dive into that and do some more research on it. So yeah, absolutely. I gotta check on our time. I, I'm so wrapped up in what we're doing. Look at that. All right, mm -hmm. we're at 25 minutes. And, uh, oh, my question that, I, that everybody loves. If you could meet anyone in the world, dead or alive, who could help you along your journey, who would it be? That's a hard question. <laughs> that is a really hard question. 
we all have people I think that we look up to mm-hmm and uh, I would have to say my dad yeah yeah no matter what we did or how much trouble we could have gotten into as kids my dad was always there with some inspiration <laughs> you know um, he might have been bloody mad at us at the time but at some time he would have come along and he would have said, you know, you need to learn from this experience. And some of the things that he might have said is, it's not necessarily a failure. It's learning how to not do it again. Right. <laughs> and it would be in your best interest to not do it again. So I think that, um, I think that just sitting down and being able to talk to him again. Yeah. When did he pass? He died... Um, It'll be 14 years this okay. December. Okay. Yeah, my dad died in 2009. It was just, we just, the anniversary was, um, I can't believe it's been eight years at the end of January. Yeah, dad was 2004. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, thank you. Do you have your answer? I was going to say my mom. Okay. I mean, she's living, but um, yeah, she's such a strong woman, and it's, amazing how well she raised her kids and lived her life and um, just the strong independent woman she is. She's always been a rock in my life and looking up at her growing up has definitely shaped me to be the person that I am today and Sam. And um, you know it traces back to my grandma here because she raised my mom. Yeah. And we could go even further back <laughs> to Nancy. <laughs> but I think the women are in our family are amazing and it's incredible how strong we are and um, just the amazing things we can do. That's very cool. I love it. I have, um, we're working on doing a website um, for for my book and speeches and all that that's coming up and the, the lady that I had talked to was my editor and she's like, you know, I have this vision and I want to do this and this and she said, but in the corner she said, I have the vision of a superhero, a female, with it's just a shadow, like a silhouette, mm-hmm. with a cape, with a big red heart in the middle. Aww. And I was like, oh, that's brilliant, because I want this space to be a website where people can come and feel safe and find answers and get comfort. But that superhero, I get goosebumps talking about it, it's just such a part of it, because that's what I think of when you were talking about your mom, and mm-hmm. talking and, and you, and your grandma, and your sister, is... These, these superheroes with your capes on with this beautiful heart inside. Um, I don't know. I just I very much see that and heard that when you were talking. So, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, very cool. All right. And then dream job. Are you doing your dream job? Or are you, what, what would your dream job be? And how about you? What is your dream job? Well, she's retired, kind of. <laughs> well, I left my paycheck job to work full-time more uh, with Rob's kids, and I would say that this is my calling. Um, God made it possible for me to do that, to mm-hmm. not have to worry about a paycheck. I have a wonderful husband, and we have a good life together. He's been retired now for three years, so I tell everybody that I'm retired, but I work more now than I've ever worked. Right. <laughs> and I would say yes, that this is my passion because I I wouldn't put into it what I do if it wasn't a passion for me. Right. This has to be my dream job to help save lives. Right. 
and I get it because I've worked more, I work harder now doing all of this for no pay than I ever have for a paycheck. Um, but I'm not tired. Right. I don't, like, I, I love doing it, and so I get that. And so Absolutely. you're sitting on the couch in the evening watching TV, and you think, oh, i got to do this tomorrow. So you put it in your calendar so you don't forget. Yes. Because it's just a constant on your mind. Absolutely. Or I'll even be on social media saying, oh, I need to post on this. I need to go to Instagram. I need to do this. You know, oh, yeah, i got to put this out. And, and so, yeah. And so it just, it just becomes a part of... Um, everyday life. Everyday life, mm -hmm. yeah. And it is very much a passion, so I, I totally get that. And I think it's a blessing that you're out there able to do that. Um, like you said, helping save lives. Right. So, beautiful. How about you, Emma? Ooh, I know everyone keeps asking me because <laughs> I'm 17 and I need to know what I'm gonna gonna do. And uh, it's very scary to trust my 17-year-old self to choose my life decision. <laughs> right. And um, yeah, definitely all of this, the way that we've lived our lives and what we have lived, it's definitely influenced me. And um, I would love to continue doing this, but um, I feel like anything I could, I do in life, I could bring this with it. Because even just a smile to brighten someone's day, you never know what's going through their life. It could change a lot. Absolutely. What a beautiful response. Yes. And. So really, right now, you don't know what you yeah. want to be when you grow up, That's and she's just a junior in high school, and she's, <laughs> right. doing, she's taken seven credit hours with her junior year at uh, Thomas More College. Wow. And Congrats. Thank you. Very intelligent. She's, <laughs> I call her a brainiac. She got to hold a brain the other day at college, so I called her a brainiac. And so she's got plenty of time to decide what she wants to do. Sure. She's I'm 51, and I just now decided, so it's all, right. <laughs> it's all good. Yeah. <laughs> A very loving, caring child. She loves old people. I said that's good because I'm not getting any younger. Yeah. Right. right. <laughs> I say follow. Yeah, follow your heart. Right. Um, I always told my kids. Um, you know, they both ended up at the University of Dayton, and they had gotten scholarships. But again, they were like, I don't, well, I don't know what I want to do with my yep. life. Like, how do we decide? <laughs> like, I don't know. And I just said, you know, that passion, that. That thing will keep coming. It will keep surfacing. It will keep surfacing. It will keep tapping on your shoulder. Mm -hmm. um, and that's the thing. And whatever sets your soul on fire and um, keeps that spark and you get fired up about it, mm -hmm. that's the thing that I say, yeah. And, and again, I told my boys, don't, well, Maddie too. I mean, she's only sixth grade, but mm -hmm. whatever, um, you know, I don't. I don't care what you do with your life. Just be happy and be a good person. Yeah. That's like my, that's my wish for my kids. So, yeah. Yes. That's enough, definitely. Yeah. Well, I would have, I have to share um, that Sam is at Georgetown, mm -hmm. and she's a physics major. Wow. Oh, my son so, John loved physics. Yeah. So she has, she's, she's walked a long mile, but um, we, when she first went in there, what was she was some other biomedical. major? Biomedical. Biomedical engineering. And she got in there and got to fooling around with all the stuff that she does and blowing things up and all that. And she <laughs> right. decided the physics was a much better choice for her. And she's very right. excited about that. Does very, very well in school. Very cool. And it is, again, like you just find that all of a sudden you dig, turn a corner and it's like, oh, well, this is cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this yeah. might be it. So, well, congrats to her. That's yeah, awesome. She's doing great. She's good. She's the exception to the rule for sure. <laughs> yeah. Well, and those are the kind of stories that need to be told. 
um, because it inspires others to be like, I can make it through this. I can do this. There's a um, light at the end of the tunnel. Yes. And there is a light at the end of the tunnel. There is always a light at the end of the tunnel. I, my hashtag on almost everything is never give up. Right. Um, because no matter how bleak things can look, um, yeah, there's hope. Always hope. So, very Absolutely. cool. All right. Anything else that you wanted to discuss or talk about before we close out? I think we're good. All right. Well, thank you both for being here. Thank it's you. been an honor and a pleasure. And um, Well, thank you for everything that you're doing. Oh, yeah. thank you. I you're appreciate bringing it. You're bringing to light many, many issues. I've listened to several of your podcasts. They're very, very interesting. And I love the format. Good. <laughs> My, I know, our casual, and, like cars are driving by, the dogs are barking. The dogs haven't barked yet. I'm a little worried about what's going on out there. So. <laughs> yes, yeah, so it's really, really nice to be uh, here with you and to get to know you better. And Thank you. I know God has brought us together because I'm at TTN and you were at TTN's conference, <laughs> and that's why we're here. Right, absolutely. And and again, we're. I mean, that whole trauma-informed care and, and, and helping shed the light in dark spaces um you certainly are doing that you're doing that and i try to do that so and rob's kids is going full force mm-hmm. so yeah that's great congrats i just think it's amazing and i know i'm i've picked your brain a little bit and i need to pick a little more about doing the, the sammy's bags of hope and starting the nonprofit. and mm-hmm. um because rob's kids is a nonprofit, yes. right and you went through the whole thing and um yeah so that's my, you know, in one of my piles. <laughs> well, thank you again. All right, everybody. Well, take care. And I will um, talk to you again next Friday. Bye-bye.